Hi there, my name is Dean Wixon. I'm a 29-year-old football coach from the UK. I currently live and work in Melbourne, Australia. I've started the Sport, Mental Health and It's All COVID-19's Fault podcast to address the links between mental health and sport. As an active team sport player, coach and viewer, I, like many others, have felt the impacts of COVID-19 on sport. With a constant struggle with depression, being deprived of sport has proved to be another obstacle in life. Due to the ongoing situation with COVID-19, I decided it would be a great opportunity to sit down and hear from a wide range of athletes across different levels of competition about their experiences of sport, mental health and COVID-19. Hi there and welcome back to Sport, Mental Health and It's All COVID-19 Sock. This week you join us with an interesting chat with Jackie Vogt. Unfortunately the uh, Wi-Fi signal with the COVID-19 scenario and everyone being at home isn't really helping. Um, so just apologies in advance but uh, it's really interesting to listen to so uh, enjoy the pod. Hi guys and welcome back to Sport, Mental Health and It's All COVID-19 Sock. Hope everyone's still keeping well and enjoying their lockdown experience. Um, today, we're lucky to have with us a former Melbourne Victory soccer player, uh, experienced with the Young Matilda Programme and National Training Centre in Victoria, and currently switch codes to play for St Kilda Football Club in the VFL. Jackie, how are you? Yeah, good, Dean. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. First question I'm going to ask, do I say your last name? <laughs> good question. A lot of people ask me that. Um, Vot. Vot. That's how you pronounce it. German, I'm guessing. Vot. It is German, yeah. Jackie, Jackie Vot. There you go. There, there's our full name for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> how, how are you dealing with the, the lockdown and stuff? You mentioned off air that you've gone back to Gippsland. Yeah, I have. Um, I'm back down living with my family in Gippsland. Um, yeah, it's been really good. I'm really fortunate to have a a pretty good home gym set up so um yeah loving loving that I get to spend more time down here with my family and um yeah it's actually been pretty good yeah I, I could imagine Gippsland for anyone who doesn't know where Gippsland is it's country area to the east of Melbourne and it's uh it's lovely down there it's lots of space for sure yeah, it's it's really good. Like I said, very fortunate in Melbourne where um I live in an apartment. Um, yeah, it's pretty small. So to have all this room um in this time is really oh, good. Oh that that's that's a bit of a change. That sounds awesome, mate. So Yeah, I love it. What what we'll talk about, obviously, so what you grew up in Gippsland and, and your first part of so obviously your sporting journey, you started with football or soccer. And and then you've moved to footy or, or AFL, but so you played at a high level. The National Training Centre for Junior Girls in Victoria is a good program, but obviously it's based in Melbourne. You, you would have been driving a fair way, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, it was a four-hour round trip, and I was doing that, um, yeah, four or five days a week. Um, and I was really fortunate and grateful that my dad was able to. Um, take me to the trainings. I would barely miss a session. Um, very fortunate that my family have their own business down here. So he was able to leave work um, and take me. So, yeah, I couldn't be more grateful for 
um, his support and my family's support in general in allowing me to do that. Because I know a lot of people have the ability, especially um, country kids that just aren't able to get down um, to Melbourne. Yeah, I, I mean, I coach a girl that drives in from uh, Traugan at the moment and to, to Cranbourne. And it's a big toll and she does it herself. So, like, your parents obviously gave a lot of support to you when you were growing up through the game. Yeah, they did. Um, and they still support me in everything I do now. Um, and, yeah, with my footy now. Yeah. Um, do they come down and watch the games and, and stuff regularly? or? Yeah, they, they don't miss a game, Dean. They do not miss a game. They're there. Um, every game supporting me loud. So, yeah, I'm just so grateful for them. It's, it's crazy because I've got, like, I've worked with, uh, obviously, a girl from Vic- – Gippsland at the moment and my old club I had a couple from Gippsland and I used to coach in Geelong and I tell you what the country country players seem to be so dedicated because the journeys they're off are a lot harder and longer and they're always the first people there so I've had a lot of time for for the country kids playing sport but uh, I've only had good experiences yeah I think um, you know the travelling and stuff it, it teaches you a lot of things and um things like time management. Um, I was doing um, my VCE when I was um, doing this in my later years, obviously, of high school. And um, I was basically doing VCE in the car. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was – thinking back at, back now, it was, it was pretty crazy, um, really. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's sort of, I guess, helped me and shaped who I am. And, yeah, it does really teach you a lot. That's all, And, obviously, that sort of – all of that stuff paid off and all that hard work paid off and you ended up attending a young Matilda camp? Uh, that was 2012. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I just when I was 18. So that, I'd, I'd imagine the feeling you got from from that would have been huge. Like, I think it's most people's dream to represent their country in any way, um, even at the junior levels. Like, it's impressive. Yeah, it was um, yeah, pretty much a dream sort of come true to, um, in a way to make a young Matildas camp. Um, like you like you mentioned, it's a lot of people's dream to play for their country. And um, yeah, when I got the the call to say that I've yeah been asked to go to a young Matildas camp, I was literally over the moon. Um, yeah, it come off a, the back of a pretty good NTC challenge up in Canberra, um, and then I got the call up to go to the young Matildas camp. So. Yeah, it was a really, really amazing feeling. That's, that's, yeah, it's something that I know a lot of girls that I've coached or or, or um, have had contact with have all wanted to go to those sort of programs. But how did that, how did that sort of representing your country go into an international thing compared to your first Melbourne victory signing? Um, look, both have been amazing highlights of my um, sporting career so far. Um, I guess, like I said, I mean, representing your country is a pinnacle, I think, of um, a sport like soccer. Um, so, yeah, I would say the young Matildas going to a camp was pretty good. Um, Melbourne Victory is also, yeah, I mean, an amazing feeling to, to sign my first contract. And at the age of 17, um, it was, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's crazy. Who, who was coaching at the time there at Melbourne Victory? Uh, so it was Vicky Linton. Yep. Um, and then it went on to be Mike Mulvey. It was it was sort of in a time where 
um, yeah, the coaching was a bit unstable, I guess. Yeah, um, and, and that's that's that would have been even harder for such a young player to go in and, and have that to contend with as well as trying to earn your spot. That's, you know, that's no mean feat either. Yeah, it is really tough when um, the coaches change all the time because you, um, I guess, just build a relationship with one coach and then, um, you know, another coach comes in. So it does make it make it really tough. Um, and it's sort of like starting again from the bottom and trying to work your way up and build a relationship with the coach and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, it definitely did make it hard. Um, but again, that all just builds character and especially at such a young age. Should you never date tennis players? Love means oh, nothing to them. It does get worse, that one, doesn't it? It does get worse. So, Jackie, obviously, um, a big thing I want to talk to you about is um, obviously we're relating everything to sport and mental health and, and what I think and what I think a lot of players in the game don't get advised on much is how to deal with injury. Now, obviously, in 2012, you tore your ACL in a victory training session. Um, how did you? How did that change the course of your sport, sporting career? Sorry. Yeah, so um, it was at a training session back in 2012, December actually, um, and it was yeah the first time that I was going to be in the starting eleven. It was actually um, just having a little sort of practice match um, against some boys, um, and yeah, I just basically just took a poor touch and lent it out and. Um, yeah, fairly, it sounds like a um, fairly sort of innocuous sort of part of the game. No, no big hit, nothing like that. No, no big hit, nothing. Not even really a um, twisting motion or anything. I literally just sort of lunged out, and my knee buckled in a little bit. And yeah, straight away I knew that um, I'd done something pretty bad. Um, was hoping that it wasn't my ACL. Um, was sent for scans and. Yeah, come back as um, a torn ACL. And how, how did you how did you feel at that point? Because I know for a lot of players, hearing that that sort of phrase "torn ACL" has horrible connotations. Yeah, it's probably um, something that no athlete wants to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, obviously, I was pretty emotional when it. Um, when it happened and I was lucky when I got the scans and found out straight away, my parents were with me. So um, that made it a little bit um, better, but um, yeah, it, it, yeah, no athlete wants to hear that, but um, it come at a pretty bad time because I just started, like we'd spoken about before, um, going to the young Matilda's camp. So cool. yeah. Um, that, yeah, that also played on my mind um, a little bit. So, yeah. So it's yeah. like, there's layers to the injury, isn't there? Like there's the initial, obviously, pain and emotion. Then you get the diagnosis and that brings again another emotion. And then you, then I guess you've got the time to look at the consequences of that injury and what that's going to mean. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, which, which such a young, again, you were only 18 at that point. That is a young age to have all of those deep mind, deep feelings that, that you don't know about. Yeah, I guess um, being, I guess, at such a tender age, 
Um, you do have all these emotions that go through your head um, and not all the positive, that's for sure. Um, I mean, I, I I look back now and, yeah, I think maybe I may have handled things a little bit different. Um, but I think throughout it, um, I, I was pretty positive. But, um, yeah, it's it's pretty hard not to have some negative thoughts when, when injuries like Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously during that time, how long were you out? Um, so I was, yeah, out for about the 12 so t- months. 12 months is a long time out of the game. I mean, we're moaning at the minute with COVID-19 about a month, you know. We're, we're moaning about a force thing that no one in the world can change. You had 12 months watching everyone else play sport. How did you manage to stay motivated and positive through that period? Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I am a pretty self-motivated um, person so I would usually just goal set and um, obviously with ACR there's little milestones yep. that you need to tick off so whether it's you know getting full leg extension or um, you know full flexion or something like that and they're all really little milestones that um, I look to achieve and then build off build off them and you know um, going for a 2k walk was such a big thing and I'll just work on the little goals to achieve what I wanted to do and it was to get back to soccer um, so that would really motivate and drive me to um, get back to where I wanted to be. And I, I really had um, a goal that I wanted to get back to the young Matildas and, and Melbourne Victory. So that also um, gave me a lot yeah, of Yeah, so you just used that, that sort of overall goal, and that, which was getting back to Victory and Matildas, but then short-term goals that, that are sort of like the steps onto that. It's just a really good idea, that. So, and it's, it's a, yeah, I, I found it helped me a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, hey, everyone has their own ways of dealing with it, but I quite like that day to day sort of short term, smaller goals that build up to make the big one. It, it's easier and more rewarding for younger people, I would have thought. Yeah, I found it really rewarding. Um, and then, Knowing that you're putting in all that hard work um, as well is, for me, also a big motivation. Yeah, but, like, without a doubt, like, and, and that gives you a buzz in itself. Oh, exactly, yeah. Did, did you find then, obviously, you sound like you stayed pretty happy and pretty positive and, and knew that there was nothing you could do drastically. Did, did you find that the layoff affected your mental health in any way? Um, I guess for me, um, I was surrounded by a really good support network, um, in helping me to, um, yeah, have an outlet to vent and things like that. So, um, my boyfriend Harrison, um, is really good and, and super supportive, um, of everything that I do. And, and he was a really good outlet. So he really helped with, um, I guess my mental health and things, just someone to talk to, um, someone that you can trust. Um, and again, as well, like my parents, they're, they're amazing support. Um, yeah, I, I think, I can't remember, I've spoken to a lot of people, I think Natasha Dowie pointed out this as well, that, that having that immediate support group outside of the sport is huge. Um, like, obviously, your teammates and coaches and stuff are, are, are important, but those personal connections that you have all the way through life need to be strong to get by. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I fully agree with that. Um, I think that you really need that support network because you don't always want to talk to, you know, um, someone at the club or your teammates. Um, you maybe want to put that aside and, and speak about other stuff. And um, I think, yeah, having a good support network outside of the club or the team environment is really yeah really and that and that changes for some people like i've said here before like my wife is huge for me to go to when i'm feeling a bit shit and a bit down um obviously with my family being a, a long way away but for other people it may be boyfriend parent vicar i, I don't know like a rabbi whoever it may be that i think <laughs> everyone needs that external point to vent to and and to get reassurance yeah, a hundred percent. You have it's a it's a roller coaster of emotions, really, and it's yeah, like a a lot of bumps in the road. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it is really good to have people to talk to, and like I said, outside of that team environment, where maybe you don't want to talk about um, you know, footy or soccer or whatever sport it may be. Um, you just want to vent about whatever it is, whatever's happening in your day, or do you know what I mean? Anything, which is really good. Yeah, awesome, and they're they're all ways that that help us stay positive. So that's that's great for people to tap into. So obviously, Jackie, like you, you made a move from football over to Aussie Rules footy. Um, have you found that? Yeah, I've um, found it really good. I absolutely love footy. So I grew up um, obviously kicking the soccer ball. Um, but also grew up kicking the footy as well. So, um, of course you kicked yeah. the footy. Yeah, exactly. I've got a huge backyard. <laughs> you just kick footy and chase sheep. That's what you do out in the country, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I I don't have the sheep, but um, yeah, yeah, it is what you do. <laughs> nah, so you've... You've obviously, look, you're obviously a talented player. You could play to that level at soccer and, and then move over to footy and end up in the second tier of women's football, the VFL, and training with the St Kilda AFLW team as well. So you're obviously talented. Um, yeah, I found that um, there are some similarities that you can bring across from soccer to footy. Um, definitely. Um, and I think playing at the high level in soccer has put me in good stead for um hopefully um playing yeah look, i've always thought since i moved over here that that the transition from football soccer to footy is better than the other way around and i think there's quite a few players have are now sort of switching codes at times and, and doing really well for themselves so it's, there's definitely transferable skills in there um what, what i would say from what i've seen though is the mentality and the the preparation of afl W seems to have a lot more invested in it than soccer. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Um, I haven't been in the um, in the sort of soccer system for quite a while now, but from when I can compare it from back when I was, um, compared to where sort of I am now in terms of like um, football and being with the St Kilda program, um, yeah. I feel like there is a lot more investment in the AFLW, um, VFL, um, compared to what there is at the same level in yeah, soccer. It, it seems to, I, I've spoken to a few people about, that have been in around that VFL level and the the clubs take a real healthy approach to, to mental health and, and the psychological side of the game. Yeah, definitely. We have um, access to 
quite um, a few people, um, whether it be sort of the chaplain, um, sleep um, people, um, dietitians, all that sort of stuff, um, which all helps with the mental aspect of the game. Um, it has a huge impact on performance. Um, if you're, you know, um, having issues personally and things like that, they can affect training, can affect, can affect selection, games, all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's really good to have an outlet who you can speak to um, and have open and honest chats with them. Um, get it off your chest and, and then really focus on um, the training or the game. Um, I think that if you don't have that and you can't um, speak about it um, and you keep it in, it Yeah, it must do. I mean, I, I remember, you're a bit younger than me, you might not remember, in about 2008, uh, Tiger Woods, there was a big thing around him and, and his private life. And this is a guy that was the best golfer in the world. As soon as that added external pressure and those things came out, he plummeted in the world rankings, you know, like, and that's, that's the best in the world. So it, it's not a new thing. It's no surprise that your psychological state has a massive effect on your performance. So it's good to see that clubs and many different sports are now taking that seriously. Um, obviously, uh, with the with AFL in particular, there's there's been a few high profile male players that have struggled with mental health, and, and maybe they've been let down by our previous feelings on it, and and not paying enough attention to it. W, because it's look, it's no, I work in women's sport. It's no, not hidden that that women's sport has less funding, um, and it's great to see that St Kilda, where you're at at the moment, and I'm guessing other AFLW and VFL teams are spending those finances on mental health and, and looking after the players holistically rather than just physically. Yeah, I think it, like we've spoken about, a huge, um, um, it has a huge impact on performance if you don't address that. And I think that they want to get the best out of their players. So um, for them, um, investing in, um, for example, a chaplain is, I think, a very worthwhile investment in having um, access to that at the club um, so that they are getting the best out of their players because it's not all about the physical um, aspect of the game. Um, like you said, it, it's holistically um, you need to um, take that approach. I that's, that's what we were saying about someone external to talk to. When you bring in a chaplain or someone like that, it, they are external from the club. So it's great. Um, obviously, on the mental side of it, you've been... You've been working as a, a train-on with the AFLW team this year. Um, obviously, that that would be a weird space to be in mentally because you're a train-on position, so you're not going to play games. How do you stay motivated with, with that mindset? Because most people would train and, and want to play at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, um, I just think that you know, um, what if I didn't get that opportunity to be AFLW train on, do you know what I mean? And um, so I, I was grateful that, like I said, I got that opportunity to be the AFL train on because they um, didn't have to ask me to do that. Um, but like I said, that really drives me and motivates me to, to get that one step better. And, and um, it's really my focus um, this season. And I've been really working hard on, on things to um yeah, yeah I mean look, it, it sounds to me like you're you're in the right spot mentally and and 
I'd imagine physically you're, you're training at a high level. You, you're going to, I'd be very surprised if you didn't make that next step in the next season or two. So uh, all the best with that. Yeah, it, it is a funny situation to be in. Um, it, it's good to, I mean, obviously get the quality of the training. Um, a lot of the AFLW um, Saints team was actually, they were, a lot of them were my VFL um, teammates as well throughout um, the year. So, yeah, it, it's very, um, it is a sort of strange space to be in. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that I got the opportunity to um, be a trainer. And obviously, um, being an AFL player would have been obviously one step better. Um, but I, I just, um, yeah, keep motivated and, and really, um, really work hard to, to make that next step and get the AFLW contract. So I just use training. Um, and being a trainer player to motivate me to yeah, see, that's, that's, that next Obviously, step. you must have an extremely positive and strong mental outlook to, to be able to, you know, you've had setbacks with injury. You've had the experience in the VFL and then not being selected for the AFL, but getting the train on spot to keep positive through that. I, I'm, it's impressive to, to hear, like, you. I can tell over the phone even that you're, yeah, you're excited by it all. Facts, 24% of Australian young people suffer from anxiety, affective or substance use disorders or other mental illness, while 45% of Australian adults will experience a mental illness at some stage in their lives. Awesome. So um, the last point I want to go through with you today, Jackie, is um, what advice would you give to players um, we, we've touched on it a little bit. What advice would you give to players, especially younger players, on how to stay positive through a, an injury rehab? Um, yeah, like you said, we have spoken about it a little bit and touched on it. Um, I would say, um, yeah, making sure that you have a really strong support network around you. Um, and like we've touched on, that, I, I feel that that's very important to have that. Um, and also goal setting um, and set little little milestones and goals along the way and then also have the big picture in and work out how you're going to get there um and then you know staying positive as well through little setbacks because really um with an injury there's it's not always um things are going to go the way that you want it to go so um through them little setbacks that you have on the way to to the overall goal just um yeah, take them in your stride. Don't let them get you down and just and look at the big picture. Yeah, I think definitely. I think, um, you know, don't um, hold it um, and, and bottle it in. I think it's really important that you speak about it because before you know it, if you keep bottling it in um, and keeping it to yourself, um, you know, that's when it can sort of um, get beyond you and then it becomes a bigger problem. So I think if, yeah, something's worrying you, um, talk to that someone that you trust and, and um, yeah, I yeah, but, I chest. think that's a great point to, to finish on. Cool. Easy. Right, Jackie, the last little thing that we do with most of our guests is uh, this or that, or would you rather? Are you keen? Perfect. Let's go. Ready? Oh, definitely. Food or drink? Oh, I'd say... Country or city? <laughs> oh, that is a hard one, Dean. Yeah, um, oh, 
I would say. Cock, see the shit hit the country. fan and you've gone back to the country. There's never, you're never going to get away from it. <laughs> Footy or soccer? Oh, oh, there goes your contract with Casey Comets. Sheeps v. Cows. <laughs> cows. Oh. oh, cows. Scoring goals or big yeah. tackles? Yeah, I'd go that as well. Big Last one, the, the big one. Australia or Germany? Oh, I'll take <laughs> Australia. Well, no, it, it gets quite deep these. and philosophical, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's all from me, mate. Like, you've, you've smashed that. That's like 35 minutes of content. We'll get a good half an hour out of that easy. 25, half an hour. Because that's all we aim for. So, awesome. no, that's awesome. But, no, yeah, cool. Cheers for that, mate. Awesome. And if you're ever, yeah, if no you're ever giving up on the that. footy and coming back to soccer, give me a shout. <laughs> yeah, all right. No worries. I'll give me a shout. <laughs> like we'll, um, <laughs> but this will probably go up. <laughs> now, Jackie, like it's been, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, I think. Your background in obviously high level of two sports has been in very interesting to listen to, and 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 obviously your personality and and your perspective on things is it's very different to mine. <laughs> you know, I, I mine is curl up and and struggle to get on with it, but uh, so it's, it's been great to talk. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Dean. It's um, awesome. It's See you, really uh, all the best, and, and I'm hoping to be watching you on the TV playing AFLW soon. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jackie Vogt. She gave us a great insight into the professional sports in Australia in both two disciplines, football and AFL. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to the, her information. If you want to hear more, please like and subscribe. Sport, mental health and it's all COVID-19's fault on your various listening platforms.